0: The following special episode of Fusion Patrol was originally produced for our patrons on Patreon and originally was released December of 2020. Please enjoy this special episode of Fusion Patrol. You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast each week we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series movie or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. (laughs) And tonight, we're looking at the 1960s movie... Daleks! Invasion! Earth! 2150 A.D. Tom Campbell, constable, bumbles into a smash-and-grab jewelry store robbery and is coshed on the head. Running into a nearby police box to summon backup, Tom passes out as he sees the inside of TARDIS, a time and space machine created by eccentric English adventurer Doctor Who. When he awakens, the robbery is long over. Very long over for Doctor Who was just taking off on another trip in time and space and it is now the year 2150 CE and London is a ruin. Tom is cursorily introduced to Doctor Who, his granddaughter Susan and his niece Louisa. Without so much as a question, Tom quickly falls in as one of the team. When TARDIS is trapped under collapsing debris, Tom and Doctor Who search for a crowbar in a nearby building. While they are investigating, Louisa and Susan are captured, stroke, rescued by Weiler, and taken to a hidden resistance base. When Doctor Who and Tom return to TARDIS, they are surrounded by robomen, zombie-like humans, and captured by the Daleks, who have invaded Earth. Dortmund, leader of the rebels, launches an infiltration attack on the Dalek flying saucer. Inside, Doctor Who and Tom are about to be robotized. Luckily, the attack disrupts the Daleks' plan, and Doctor Who and Tom escape, but are separated. Tom is trapped on the ship, while Doctor Who escapes with David, another of the Rebels. Louisa, who was part of the attack, is also stuck on the ship and meets up with Tom as the ship takes off and heads for Bedfordshire, where the Daleks have a mine works. Susan and Dortman, because he is in a wheelchair, had remained behind at the Rebel base. Only Weiler returns from the disastrous raid, and they decide to head to Watford. Susan leaves a note, hoping Doctor Who will see it and follow her. Dortman is soon killed by the Daleks as they escape London. David and Doctor Who do return to the base, but fail to see the gigantic chalk note scrawled on the wall. Doctor Who decides to go to Bedfordshire to see the Dalek mineworks, knowing that it must be the key to the invasion. Watford which is on the way to Bedfordshire, is swarming with Daleks, causing Doctor Who and David to circumnavigate the town, possibly passing through Luton on their way to the mine. Luckily, Wyler and Susan also find Watford too hot to handle. And Susan deduces that her grandfather will want to see the mine works, so they press on to Bedfordshire. But first, they find some kindly ladies who are Dalek collaborators who turn them over to the Daleks. Doctor Who, David, Tom, and Louisa all meet up and glean information on the mine. The Daleks have used forced human labor to manually dig a mine 2,890 kilometers deep. Having done this without releasing pockets of Stallman's gas or even primord goo, the Daleks are now prepared to drop a bomb into the Earth's core, blast the inner core, which is located another 2,260 kilometers deeper than the mine, out the backside of the planet like an olive pit, replacing the pit with a pimento, and fly the olive back to Scaro, where they can occupy the planet. Although it's not entirely clear if they're trying to occupy Scaro from the Earth, or occupying the Earth as if it were an intergalactic bus as it passes the Scaro stop. Luckily, some well-placed wood planks are able to divert the bomb, cause it to detonate in the wrong place, releasing a huge surge of magnetic energy which draws all the metallic Daleks, but nothing else metallic, into the Earth's core. The Earth is saved and the Daleks will never invade again because magnetism will always be there for humans to use as a weapon against them. Doctor Who returns TARDIS to the exact location it was before, but a few minutes earlier, allowing Tom the opportunity to capture the criminals in one easy swoop, masterfully accomplishing this without TARDIS exploding because it's occupying the same space and time as it was before, nor Tom encountering his earlier self and running afoul of the Blinovich limitation effect. The end! Stay tuned next time for the third movie in the series, The Daleks Chase, Doctor Who, featuring Doctor (laughs) Who, his granddaughter Susan, his second cousin twice-removed Jennifer, and a madcap London bus driver, Fred Scuttle. (laughs) Okay. Played by Frankie Howard. Played by Benny Hill. Fred Scuttle. Famous famous Benny Hill character. Probably you don't know him, but there he is. Okay. Yeah, the guy with the... Sticking his tongue out in hand gestures, I can see it. Uh, ah, so, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask a loaded question first, sort of a loaded go, question man. first. Right. It is widely regarded, and I'll I'll let you have an opportunity to rebut that before we go on to the second part and main part of this question. But it is widely regarded that Dalek invasion of Earth, the Doctor Who TV series serial, is better than the daleks also the bbc tv series would you agree with that notion
1: yes i i yes i would i would agree with it i have i have i've held that opinion quite strongly for a while having reevaluated when we looked at doctor who and the daleks the serial the daleks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i now think there's less of a margin in it i mean the daleks is a lot better than i remembered but for reasons that i'm sure we'll cover i still think dalek invasion of earth is it has it has some real real strength it has a has a real kind of sinister post-apocalyptic feel to it that um, i think does make it particularly compelling television
0: then it it follows logically that Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 A.D. is much better than Doctor Who and the Daleks. Is that also a correct assumption? Well, oh, that's the I don't question. think it's
1: <laughs> I don't think it's a given but my opinion of the film is it's certainly a lot less bad.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot less bad. Alright, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, 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 so therefore, a lot less bad means still bad, right? It's
1: It means that, again, almost every decision that they've made to, in order to depart from the story in the serial seems to make what you see on the big screen actually worse than what we got on the small screen. And in some ways, there's less of an excuse for it here because... Dalek Invasion of Earth is a is a six part instead of a seven part serial so it's it's a fair bit shorter and it's also I mean I think one of the key differences between the two is that there is actually quite a strong now a simple narrative element to the Daleks which you can which you can kind of recount telling the story you know they they discover a an ancient Dalek or a a, a Dalek city uh, that uh, appears to be dead um, but actually still has Daleks in it and because of a bit of the doctor's nonsense with the missing uh, fluid link they have to gain entry to the city and yes they have to go through the swamp and through the caves and so on in order to uh, and uh, with their with their friends to start. Okay, I'm not doing a very good job of it, but there is a there is a basic narrative to the story there. Um, what actually goes on in narrative terms in Dalek Invasion of Earth is much more like a series of uh, quite memorable vignettes about life under occupation. I mean the story is a the, the title is a complete misnomer of both the tv and film versions of this we see nothing of the daleks invasion of earth we 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 don't there's, there's never even a flashback to it this is actually the daleks occupation of earth and not the as, doctors not as dramatic in title it's, it's no it's perhaps not as dramatic a, a title but what we are seeing is the after effects and that you know that's being told through seeing the kind of the, the the ruins of london and people living in the underground and crawling through the sewers and the, and the the kind of the 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 alligators on the loose and there's all of the kind of particularly in the tv version there's all of the kind of fantastic uh, location work that they do using some london icons and some of the stuff is perhaps a bit less successful. And one of the one of the improvements I can give to the, the film is they cut out things like the slither and what have you. But um, you know the, the the scene with the the ladies who betray them and the and the smuggler. It's it's all about the the kind of characters and their little stories of of uh, of life under the thumb of the Daleks or whatever the Daleks have instead of thumbs and so in some sense plus of course you get to cut out the bit with the slither and the whole kind of last half of episode six which is all about susan so yeah. in, in in practice you're already getting a lot closer to the film's running time it's probably still a, almost an hour longer but compared to doctor who and the the daleks it's uh it's less of a big surgical job to to, to kind of cut it down so it ought to be i would have thought a much easier job to to kind of preserve the um well the the magic and the atmosphere and and the, the kind of real sense of um the as i say this sort of post-apocalyptic feel that the tv story has and yet almost all the changes they make seem to dilute that and they and, and again they even find time for oh let's have a let's have a a slapstick comedy sequence. Instead of <laughs> having Roy Castle trying to open a door, we'll have Bernard Cribbins trying to eat robo food, but you know it's
0: <sighs> uh. so... Alas, <laughs> yes. I, I I think I guess we could get to the, the the feel and tone, and it has been a while since I watched the originals uh serials. So that's you know, I have to remember what what I remember. But but let's start with the one of the things that's been cut out of this has been all form of characterization whatsoever. <laughs> um, and and I don't yes, just so that's, mean that's
1: common with the first film.
0: Yes, but I I feel like it's worse in this film, and that's that's hard to that's hard to believe. That but I think it's because there are fewer characters in, uh, well, maybe not fewer actors, but so like in the first film, we are at least given, uh, there is Barbara and Susan and we're introduced to them as the Doctor's grandchildren. There's an instant background there, sort of, and they have a house. So there's an instant sort of they live together kind of thing. And perhaps the Doctor, who is taking care of them? I don't, we don't know. Sorry, I almost called him the doctor. My my bad. And I know
1: you're determined to force yourself to do this.
0: And 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 then we get Ian, who is Barbara's boyfriend. So there is this sort of, even though we don't get much information about them, you can believe reasonably believe that that there is some familiarity with Tom Campbell. Is like I am Doctor Who. This is my granddaughter Susan, and this is my niece Louisa. That's all you need to know about this whole situation. <laughs> it's like okay, and and Louisa, who does nothing. It, it, you know at least you kind of look at it and you go, well, what happened to his granddaughter Barbara? <laughs> it's like what. <well, sighs> Why did we substitute another generic English brunette in in this in this spot for for I don't, her? I don't, I don't Why didn't they just call all? her Barbara? I have,
1: I, I have no, there is no question in my head of what what happened to his granddaughter Barbara because I've completely forgotten about his granddaughter Barbara. There's just a Barbara shaped hole in my memory. She was such <laughs> a forgettable, and, and this was less. Care. I don't I care. Like- and here, and here, and here, and here's the th- here's the thing that I think they have improved in this film. I'm almost, I mean, there's part of this that I will agree with, but I, but I, I'm almost inclined to disagree with what you're picking at on the basis that they they screwed up everything they tried to do in the, you know, all everything you just described with the the granddaughters and the house and everything, it is, is stuff that they they added because they thought it would be better. It wasn't. It was worse. They they didn't adjust the story to take account for it what we get here is closer to being just a, a a straight transfer of of the tv serial because they they drop all that kind of they they forget all that, that other stuff so we no longer get the doctor has just invented this time space machine and it, you know is is particularly Human, um and we can get on with adjust- adjusting to the the story in which the the doctor is much more like his kind of normal, less human self. I th- I mean, I think it is a better it is a it's a it's a better performance from Cushing because he's doing a bit less of the cuddly grandpa stuff. He still seems to think that the way to play old. And let's not forget, he's only five years younger than Hartnell, but nevertheless, is to is to run around bow legged all the time, which doesn't quite cut it with me.
0: But... <laughs> well, it's all that horse riding. Uh...
1: <laughs> but, but 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 generally speaking, you you can you can actually forget that he's not a, a, a Gallifreyan or at least an alien, which is what we would have known at the time. Apart from the moment where he's surprised by a a flying saucer, he's, he's back to being the, the kind of much more um, om, omniscient. I mean, obviously he could be a brilliant human right. and incre- brilliant um, inventor and intuitor of how invading alien races think. But right. it, 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 it's much easier because that's how it was written in the original story to think of him as someone with all of this extra knowledge um, and if we, you know, even if we can do that just by thinking, well, he's crammed in a few other adventures between then and now. And, you know, if you've got a time machine that can take you anywhere in space and time, I guess you build up experience pretty quickly. Now, he is a much smarter character.
0: I don't disagree with that aspect of it. Um, but I, I will caveat. Well, I'll make a statement, which I think is obviously a generalization but I think it's probably a a good solid 90% generalization that anybody who went to see Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD had already gone to see Doctor Who and the Daleks. And this movie is a direct sequel to that movie because Susan says so. So, you know, they've already done the house Yes, but it's
1: not made. It's not made to require you to have seen the other film.
0: I, I... I... Yes, but having the fact that the audience did see the other film... I'm not saying that it was good when they had the household. I'm definitely not saying it's good. And I'll say, here's the caveat. I saw this film first. When I first got the opportunity to see these films, I saw Dalek Invasion Earth 2150 first anyway. um, And then saw the other one because I don't remember why they were in the wrong order. Maybe it was on TV two weeks back to back in the wrong order because the station was indiscriminate who knows i i I don't know but i know i saw this one first and so yes from the standpoint of the doctor is a mysterious character that we don't know much about and he might have more knowledge it's better and the fact that he split up from susan the whole time eliminates the fact that he says any of the it's all gone because he doesn't interact (laughs) with her right i mean he's completely divorced Um, from his crew you know
1: we also get a lot less of the kind of his name is Doctor Who, and they the did call him the Doctor. Tardis, in this,
0: yeah. not they, they don't even well, mention it, the Tardis, but like twice.
1: You, well, exactly. So, you, so in your synopsis, you probably did it a lot more times than actually happened in the film. Oh, I did it Unlike intentionally, last yes. time.
0: Yes, I know, but la- last last time round, I think you were justified. I, I don't think I, I think I wanted to make sure our audience remembered that this is not the Doctor. This is Doctor Who. A different character. That was that was why I went with that approach, uh, and I intentionally did not want to call him the doctor because he is not the doctor. Um, he is he is somebody. He is somebody else. But Louisa has, if possible, less presence and personality and agency than Barbara did in the last film. Which is pretty hard to do. As you say, there's a big empty barber-shaped hole there. Louisa doesn't even fill it. That is terrifying in of itself. The (laughs) fact that a policeman walks on board this time and space machine and apart from... How can it be bigger on the inside than the outside? Well, the space is time and dimension, and the space is limited. Listen to things. is perfectly clear now. Oh, yeah, fine. And then that's it. They're like the best of buds. Everybody. He's, you know, pals with Lee. I'm surprised he remembers Luisa's name when he bumps into her again in Act 3 on the Dalek Spaceship. Because remember, they've only been together for, like, 30 seconds, maybe five minutes. Before he well, walks he off with can... Doctor Who to the warehouse, and then Luisa and, and gone, and they're separated completely throughout the film until they get right, meet up on the, the show. Girl. Not to her face, he, yeah, necessary. not to her face, right? Uh, but when he meets up with her, he seems to know who she is. I, 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 I mean, I, am not sure. I'd I'd tell. Like... I tell her, I like, oh, no, wait, are you Luisa or are you that Barbara girl? Because you look a lot alike, actress-wise. But um, yeah, I it just, I, I felt like for the purposes that, of getting on with a the story they they just said yeah we just we'll sweep this under the rug that that you just would not get you would just yeah, not but I don't, up I, don't but, yeah. I I'm
1: I'm I mean so I I can do without having a whole every every time well every time you know if we're going to have someone new coming in in each film do we need to spend the same amount of time in each film with the new guy Doing all that gurning as he goes, Well, it's bigger on the inside. How's this possible? We're not in Why not I in just London, recast? Why
0: not I just recast? I mean <laughs> they we like, no. could have just still had Barbara no. and Ian and just like hired two other people that look No, I will, like, like, I will I will not
1: accept recasting. Recasting is unacceptable. I I, I I kind of think I I I cannot in any sense defend your comments about Louisa. I kind of think that Bernard Cribbins sells it, though he he's. He, I think he's, he's better than Roy Castle. Well, I, yes, I mean, it, I mean he is. He's because in a in a funny old sort of way, he's as in casting, he's a straight replacement because you've got another, you've basically got another kind of song and dance entertainer, haven't you? You've got the guy who sung "Right Said Fred," and you're getting him in to do the same kind of comedy slapstick role except that it turns out that bernard cribbins is rather a good actor and even in this you can you can kind of see that um you know i'm not saying he's he he doesn't he doesn't necessarily get to give his best performances in carry on up the whatever he's in (laughs) but he he's he's a good actor he is a good actor so and and you know he as a as a policeman he 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 does actually seem to he seems to be remarkably well cast he looks a bit like um mark Wingett who plays uh, the policeman who stars in wooden tops the 1980s uh, play about a day in the life of a policeman from which uh, the bill was spun off and you can you can kind of believe that he would be thrown into an unexpected situation and his training is to just kind of get on with it, even if you're a bit boggled by it. Now, I know being in the ruins of London 200 years in the future is probably on the extreme end of unexpected situations, but even so... Not covered in the entrance exams
0: to the police academy, probably,
1: yeah. Mm, no, maybe not. But he, he he kind of sells the fact that Okay, he's found himself there, but now there's a problem to deal with. The the, the TARDIS doors are barred, um they need to go off to where now there's another problem to deal with. There's a there's a dead body here. Um you know, and one thing leads to another, and all the way through he is just reacting and reacting and reacting, and the fact that he the fact that he sells that 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 as the performance and the fact that he is he is he he conveys the sense of being actually unlike Ian in Doctor Who in the Daleks, he he conveys that sense of being the kind of person who you would actually quite feel quite relieved to, f- to find yourself in a scrape with because he is at least reasonably capable and he doesn't freeze up and go oh my god I don't know what to do he just gets on with it.
0: Well, there's that. Um, There's also his ability to walk through doorways without looking to see if there's a floor next to it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. But in fairness, Ian does that. I I yeah, I kind of remember that. In fairness, fairness, but uh,
1: uh, Russell um, William Russell William Russell, yes, who everyone calls Russell, and I whose name slipped out of my head there is. He does exactly the same thing in the serial. That's a a straight copy. Um, And he's not in any sense the kind of slapstick idiot that... Because Tom still doesn't get to play the kind of chiseled hero that Ian gets to be in the TV series. Fundamentally, it's still the doctor who is the hero.
0: Right. Now, my understanding is that Peter Cushing was ill during this production and his... His role had to be diminished.
1: I read that, but I I haven't worked out where.
0: Uh, neither have I.
1: <laughs> I mean, you have to neither, bear in mind that, he, that William Hart. If you, if you want to try and work it out based on the series, William Hartnell obviously didn't necessarily get the same amount of screen time as subsequent Doctors because he had his own health issues and because the way the show was initially conceived was with ian and barbara in in the kind of starring roles so that's not obviously clear the other the other thing about this um which which may be to do with cushing being ill it certainly i think has some bearing on explaining why or at at least is perhaps related to the fact that as you say the characters in this are pretty superficial is that they actually interchange the characters somewhat Uh so instead of instead of susan's um because i mean i think one thing that you 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 just you can't escape from watching the the tv version of this well i couldn't because i'm i've kind of immersed myself now into two weeks of watching early doctor who is that susan is just awesome i mean as in tv series susan She's such a hero in this as as and i i i think I've kind of overlooked this in the past the way she the way she sort of she does get stuck in with the rebels and she's she's the she's the one in the sequence where um they're discussing how to get close to the Daleks in order to 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 lead the raid on the saucer who who suggests wearing the the Man's helmet, but of course she doesn't get that or rather Louisa doesn't get that job in this because Louisa has no character or no intelligence. And the, there's a whole storyline in in the TV serial where Susan has is accompanied by Jenny, a character who is cut out of this. So again, you're right in thinking, yes, there are fewer. There are not only less to the characters, but there's fewer of them in this. They they get all of those and, and they're brilliant sequences that I I think in a way make the TV serial and didn't make it into the film, where they're the use with all the bits where you see the Daleks on, on London Bridge and all that, you know, all the kind of newspaper clippings that you see from the time and the 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 kind of news footage and everything. And they're and they're wheeling Dortmund uh, across London in the in these exciting sequences and of course all of that gets cut and instead Louisa just goes into the saucer with Tom um, in the tv serial Ian is on his own for that because we've got the we've got the the party split up three ways and it's in on tv it's Susan and Jenny who travel in the van and get uh which gets blown up by the the Dalek saucer. Not that that instead that is added to the the story for Susan and Wyler In this, Wyler mm-hmm. is Tyler. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it it is they just it is like they the name the name change. I wonder about why is it Tyler to Wyler? It's almost it's almost indicative of the way in which they've looked at. There's oh there's this character called something or other who does these things. Uh, yeah. And they just haven't bothered to get any of the depth of the character. They haven't even got his flipping name right. It's just hmm.
0: Well and and characters like Dortman, I know, okay, he's a guy in a wheelchair. I, I think we got um we got just a little tiny hint of you know, I'm I'm frustrated that I'm in a wheelchair. But that's it. I mean, then he dies, so it, it's
1: and and, it- and 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 again they they make a choice there and i and i think it's rather similar to in doctor who in the daleks where i've forgotten the character's name but there's a thal who who falls into the chasm yeah. and is pulling ian down and and so cuts his own rope and basically sacrifices himself and it's a pretty dark moment that the film ducks by having him oh i've just landed on a ledge oh i'm safe after all and in the in the serial dortmund's Dortmund's suicide bombing is an absolutely premeditated moment. It's very, very clear because he's inside handing barbara all of the all of the the notes on his on his bomb and all of the you know the prototype and everything and giving her instructions to hand it over to the doctor because he believes the doctor will be intelligent enough to complete it. And Barbara's kind of slightly nonplussed by his tone and why, you know, why is he giving these specific instructions when he's going to be there? And of course, the reason is because he is going to go outside to test the bomb on some real Daleks in what he knows will be a a suicide mission, whereas that's obviously too dark for the film. What we get here instead is a much more spur of the moment thing where he's acting on instinct um, you know, it's the, it's just this heroic. Ah, oh, Daleks are coming! I must protect the others, and he sort of charges into battle and gets blown up. But that that's not his intention. He's he he was he wasn't. In, although he may have he may have been selfless, not thinking about his own safety. He wasn't ex- necessarily expecting to die.
0: Right, presumably me-
1: because that would have been too
0: dark. It, you know, may not you may not be able to answer this question, but is there a difference? Between what can be done in movies in 1960 and what can be done on television? So, so for example, um, we had the Quatermass films that are the Quatermass serials that were shown on the BBC. And apart from the occasional, for those of you, of a nervous disposition, you shouldn't watch this, <laughs> uh, at the beginning, but when they went to the theaters, they were given an X certificate for basically the same story. Is there... Was there a higher grade of censorship or self-censorship or however you want to put it for the films of the era and that perhaps these would have had to be toned down just to get into audiences' hands, into younger audiences who are the people that wanted to go see this at the time?
1: I don't know. It's it's an interesting question because obviously from a certification point of view, they would have needed to make sure this film was basically a you or whatever the... 1960s equivalent was i don't Mm. I, i i don't know the answer to your question i don't i don't know the the kind of history of 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 the way in which these things were rated i am surprised i have to say by how dark the tv you know watching these two particular serials um although i mean i know it to be true of of other stories that we've that we've including ones that we've discussed in the past but um nevertheless it still surprises me watching the tv serials how dark they are for a kids show Mm. i mean they really don't pull their punches and it and and i they're they're not the same target audience as the quatermass stuff
0: right right and i and i just uh you know if i done further research that question we might have an answer to that but but the fact is that just occurred to me while we were talking through this (laughs) about i got to thinking about the you know that that change in particular you know now that you now that you bring it forward suicide is probably a you know an immediate uh upsell of the of the ratings and i've you know i I've heard British censors for films are notorious. I mean, they're they're notorious worldwide. They're notorious for for some of the things that they've done over the years. But actually, now that I think about it, you don't really hear about that at the BBC. What you hear about at the BBC is Mary Whitehouse coming along in the seventies and being like, "What the heck are you putting on TV for these kids?" And it it makes me think that we are talking about two different systems of creativity.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, it w- they would have been different systems. But I, I, I guess the question you're asking, and it, and it is an interesting question, is, is bec- because the films clearly are toned down. I mean, we talked about the, the, the Dalek Rays in the last one, and I've, I've, you know, I've alluded to, to, to two incidents involving a, a, a character dying or not dying in, in these two serials. And so they've, they have toned them down. But is that... I guess you're asking, because they feel that it's more marketable to make a lighter version? You know, it's it's a, it's a more comical version, it's a more colourful version in more ways than one. Um, or is it because they would have been required to do that in
0: order to get
1: a certificate that would have made it commercially viable? And I don't know. Hmm.
0: That'll be worth checking into. I wonder, there is a documentary that came with the box set of these two films um i might check it out and see if i see anything and and if so post an update somewhere along the line but yeah i i that that's that's gonna bug me now because i i i can picture them putting in a script and having somebody at the british film board look at that and go oh no 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 you can't do that you know change it or get a get an x certificate um which if I understand, just, just for American audiences, an X certificate does not mean the same thing as an X certificate in the United States. those are, those I don't are think two different we things. have. Well,, I don't okay, think we have so, X certificates so you Well, they used, I, to, I don't know they used to play that up. Is. They used to play that up, like X the unknown and the Quator mass experiment. That was supposedly Oh I see. That was to make sure you knew these things got X certificates. I, I, but is it, like, is it like the modern R certificate? Yes, well, I guess That's my understanding. An X certificate in the United States is a sex film; it's, it's pornographic film, basically. Right, in, but in I think you level, can get an R,
1: an R certificate here for violence. I I think I may be wrong. Um, I guess it would have to be fa- fairly violent because nor- normally the the sort of highest rating here is an eighteen. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think they've completely they've, they've completely changed them since the sixties, but I. I don't know what that system is. I just, I remember reading articles about the Quatermass stuff where they hammer, you know, intentionally played up those X certificates so that they could show how horrific they were to the audiences. Ooh, come see the scary. So, um, anyhow, I, I, I've had that. So, the other thing, skipping the, I think we beat the characters to death, the poor people, um, <laughs> such as they are. One of the things I thought was was nice about the film, and then I'm going to caveat that with why it wasn't. Um, I I thought the exterior work, with the exception of the minehead, uh, was you know looked good. I mean, it it looked like it had some some production value to it that the other one did not. Probably because of the fake the fake sets instead of probably using a standing studio lot here. So that looks. Better this film than the previous film to me, but there are no iconic scenes in this film, as you said, that there were in the in the BBC version, the the Daleks on the bridge, or even the scene where the Dalek comes out of the water. It's not as good. Well, they have it. No, yeah, but it's not as good.
1: It's 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 not even just it's not even just the the way they've staged it or anything. It's that the thing is is too fast. It has none of that kind of,
0: and it's too shallow
1: suspense to it.
0: It's coming in at a shallow angle, so it's like, oh, that's maybe that's
1: why they have to move it fast. Yeah,
0: it just, but it's got a
1: wake. It's just, it's bizarre.
0: It's none of the. It has none of the the punch that the. The, I mean the other the other thing
1: about it is it has it has this peculiar jazzy score to it. Oh, I hate the score, the 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 music in the in the uh, TV serial is extremely atmospheric, but uh, it's all composed by Francis Chagrin for the the, the actual episodes. Um, I presume this is a purposefully composed score. Yeah. <laughs> but what on earth I mean the, the I, the I guard just want to say one out of the water takes oh. them prisoner and it's all jazz, 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 woohoo. Kind of like
0: uh, I'll, tell you, what? I'll tell you the one that gets me. And I and I have it down here in my notes. you can't read the notes because it's it's a note to me, but there's one thing that I felt that I needed to comment on this music. And that was this. And just over and over every time the Roboman were on the screen. It's like this is one of the most unimaginative composers I've ever heard. It it's jarring it the, the, the toccata at the beginning, when the the criminal is in the car, I'm like, "This is just weird." Oh yes, yes. <laughs> like it just it just doesn't make any sense. And I thought so when we do the the uh, the first film, I wasn't exactly a fan of the music, but I thought it was interesting that they had kind of a combination between the the primary composer and then Barry Gray, who's done a lot of uh, work for British television Jerry over Anderson. the years. Yeah, Jerry Andrews, right? Uh, Space 1999, UFO. Uh, I think he did, like, The Pretenders and some of the work on The Saint and all that. Stuff. I mean, he did a lot of work. Um, but I think he only did the electronic music in the first one. I yes. I don't know who they hired for this. I didn't catch his name, but I hope he... You mean the... I, the, the
1: for, it, for this was, second film. Bill McGuffey did the music and Barry Gray, again did the electronic music what electronic I, music was there? i couldn't hear i didn't hear any electronic music um i mean i'm not i'm not sure i was particularly aware of it in the first one but i'm i, I was i was i was taken aback by the score in this one so uh, McGuffney didn't do the first film that was malcolm right. lockyer but barry gray is common
0: to both i just have no idea what he actually did in I couldn't year. figure I couldn't figure out what he did. I thought Barry Gray when I saw the you know, the titles or the 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 credit that said Barry Gray did the electronic music. I thought maybe the opening theme was the most electronic-y thing that was in the movie. But apparently he didn't do that. That was the other guy. So didn't I don't know electronic. what he did. I don't know what he did in either of these films, because there is no electronic music in either of these. And and that's so. If you go back to the film Forbidden Planet, way back, that has an extremely unusual score, and it actually says at the beginning instead of music composed, it's something like electronic tonalities composed by, and I don't know the name of the composer did it. And that is a that is a bizarre score. It, it's just like nothing that had ever been heard in movies I think up to that point it was it was very very much on the same level Delia derbyshire's uh music you know being a, a huge departure when Doctor Who came along forbidden planets mm-hmm. soundtrack is just out there um, but you know that one you can see when somebody says electronic you go okay I, I get why they said that because it's all I assume stuff created with a you know feedback loops and oscilloscopes, but um, in in this film, uh, this is just bog standard, dull, out of place, ordinary film score, um, and not good film score. So, I, yeah, I, I didn't I, hate
1: it as music. I have to say, I just I there just were places it, where I know, hated it as music.
0: Well, because it's wildly inappropriate. Yes, I mean, It didn't. It didn't put my teeth on edge like country western music or anything like that. But it just like <laughs> why? Why am I? Why is this distracting me from watching the film? You know when it when it when it when I hear music in a film that swells up so that you know it, but it's but it's making the film. That can happen. There are scores like that yeah, that yeah. you just pow. This one when it the music comes up, you're just like. What were they thinking? And it breaks my breaks my concentration on the on the film, and it, it so yes, I consider precisely. that a bad film score. There are people who think you should not hear the film score. I disagree with that. I think you should because yes, music is important. About but that. yes, but I've, you know, I'm come not on, the James Bond movie. I'm saying it should you be
1: know. audible. I'm just saying you shouldn't notice it. But we've we've we've. It's ha- we've not like you can't notice happen.
0: the James Bond theme when it kicks in.
1: No, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. There are exceptions to it. Yeah. But what, what is clearly going on here is that the guy who's composing the music is thinking, "Oh, they've been captured by the Daleks. That's a bit of a downer. Why don't we play them some nice upbeat jazz to cheer <laughs> everybody up?" Uh,
0: so, it's yeah, it's a it's a weirdie.
1: Um, but I, but I will I will I will say I do agree with you on the on the um, you know the, the all of the stuff with with the, the ruined London looks much better in fact generally the design in this is much better than Doctor Who and the Daleks which was just horrible you know the colours were horrible everything just everything was horrible in that film whereas this again it's 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 not as good as what the BBC did on probably a fraction of the money but now it you know the kind of the the ruins of London and the old shop canopies and uh what have you look and the sugar puffs i was yes i was gonna say that because it because obviously in the again it probably comes back to the to the darkness slash censorship question but famously the tv serial opens with the the tardis landing in front of a poster that says it is forbidden to dump bodies in the river and instead of that they have a sugar puff advert that has to be the strangest piece of product placement in the history of cinema. And paid for. It was, of course, course, it had to be. But why were they paying to advertise their wares amongst the wreckage of (laughs) the city, you know, the the capital having been destroyed entirely? I mean, it's it's peculiar.
0: (laughs) It's like... I, I guess, you know, you're supposed to see signs of what life was like in 2149 before the Daleks got there. So sugar puffs is still very much a thing a hundred years but, but, in the future. So buy some sugar puffs, and get a Dalek. Well,
1: it shows, yes, it shows the longevity of the of the sugar puff, but, which is a slightly frightening thought. But <laughs> the overall design is much better. What is slightly peculiar is as you say the minehead now i'm not going to say that it's perfect in the tv serial i mean they again use a, a railway tunnel entrance well actually the the in the tv series they use a proper location with the railway tunnel entrance in the film although i i guess it's all exterior sh- sh- shots it's clearly something that they've mocked up they've managed to get a tiny bit of narrow gauge track and you think how on earth could could they have got any volume of spoil out of there on tv it looks like it it looks like an actual quarry i mean it's hard to imagine what bedfordshire would look like being mined but whatever at least it's a hole in the ground in the film they've painted the rocky mountains of bedfordshire in the background because bedfordshire is obviously known for its mountainousness
0: is it? No. Are you being sarcastic? I don't know. I can't tell. I am yes. not sure about Bedfordshire. I, yes. I assume it, there looks was no rocky it looks nothing. It looks not. Na- I mean okay.
1: there there are, there are there are shots where it it looks like they filmed it somewhere in the home counties. Okay, fair enough. But they ha- they have clearly deliberately painted in what look like I, I don't know Welsh mountains or something in the background, thinking, well, this is this is this is what it looks like around quarries, but not in Bedfordshire because that's if you build a quarry if you dig a quarry in bedfordshire it's going to i mean basically what neither of them quite get is the scale of this operation and the <laughs> amount of slag that you're going to get out of it so basically you're not actually going to be able to see anything apart from huge huge slag heaps everywhere
0: well so. and since the the workers are carrying it out by hand in baskets that they personally carry um yeah. <laughs> what? What? Again, I, um...
1: I, that they they have taken that from the TV, but at least on the TV they were they had the workers pulling a a standard gauge wagon. I did a bit of me did think, well, you know, two hundred years in the future, <clears throat> it would be more efficient if they had some sort of locomotive attached <laughs> to that. But it, um, it, uh, uh, okay, yeah. life is life is cheap in the world of the Dalek.
0: And I, <laughs> and I don't remember what the, the the story was. I mean, I know that the Daleks were in the BBC serial were mining to the Earth's core to remove it, and replace it with a rocket motor. I remember that as just still one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, ever. Um, what, but, but, <laughs> what,
1: but Why were they? Why? I mean, because I was I was wondering if the the you know it's a while since I've seen the film. I was hoping it might fix this. No in some way because the it, the tv series up until episode five it's all about how the and, and i think they actually do this better on tv it's it's all about how the daleks don't even care about human life on the in the film they say that the doctor says why have the daleks bothered to invade this is again where the Dalek suddenly seems to have a bit of an insight into alien strategy but okay um why why have they bothered to invade the earth because um they've you know they've gone to some trouble to subjugate the human race and in the in the tv series they go further he says they it, they don't they don't even care about the human race they don't care whether the human race lives or dies I mean it's a a bit of a departure from the the Daleks in the future but I quite like this idea that they consider human life to be so insignificant It's you know it's like it's like a bug you don't crush it until it bothers you kind of thing and 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 yet they have come to earth for some reason and it's and so it's not specifically to eliminate uh, an opponent who they think is some actual threat to the dalek race it's for whatever they're mining for and so for five episodes you get this question of what are they mining for and you think god it must be something really important to them and there's all this stuff about Dalekanium or what have you, right. you say, oh, it must be it must be some some especially important mineral for the daleks that they can't obtain anywhere else in the universe. Maybe they've exhausted Scaro, and and they've discovered that Earth is the only other planet that provides this thing. And then suddenly you get this thing about they're going to, they're going to suck out the Earth's core or whatever it is there. I can't even remember the specific, specifics of it. It's so stupid my brain can't retain it. <laughs> but whatever it is, the point about it, as I understand it, is that they are going to pilot the Earth, by uh-huh. putting an engine in it. Uh-huh. So my question to you, because you've also watched the film and, and, and maybe I missed something somewhere, why do they need to do this to Earth? Because there's all this stuff about how, you know, there must be some particular reason why they have come to Earth as opposed to any other of, number of planets. Because I'm thinking if they want to have some form of transport, and they can't be bothered to go down to their nearest spaceport dealer and pick up some you know nice snazzy space sort, spaceship or some souped up flying saucer no no it's got to be a it's got to be a hollowed out planet i don't want to be seen in any old bit of space junk i want to drive around the universe in a hollowed out planet why or not Scarra? Why Earth? yeah why not Scarrow? Well, i can see Scarrow. they might they might feel they didn't want to mess it up but there have to be other we wait, wait, we have wait, wait, wait. established in in both both of them that that, that there are other there are other planets that, that Scarrow and Earth are a long long way apart. So well, we don't Earth? know that.
0: But they you know Scarrow might just be past Mars. Scarrow is an entirely different
1: system. They had they they in both films and well, both film and TV series they have this they have the bit where they're looking at the the charts and they're all completely different from. The doctor is observing; they're completely different from the Earth charts, or the you know the solar
0: system. So, that's in the TV. We are, series. are. Doesn't
1: doesn't doesn't that happen in the
0: film? I don't remember that. It's just we don't know where we are. Point. They never even named the planet in the first one. Oh,
1: I know they don't. They because they do name the planet in the film, don't they? In yeah. sorry, in the second in this film. Yes. Um, but having not named it in the first one.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, if assuming that you could. Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm going to make this statement. But all right. Assuming that you could hollow out a planet (laughs) and turn it into some sort of flying thing and presuming that you had some way to steer it through space, not just having rocket jets coming out a hole in Bedfordshire, which I guess is where the exhaust... I don't know. But anyway, assuming that you could steer it and assuming that... Once you left a plant, the solar system. When you did steer it, and that the atmosphere froze up, and that the that you could continue to use the planet, would the Daleks have to construct buildings on it to be within, or could they operate on the surface, or would they do more mining? And if so, they'd have a place to be. And if if all well, that of that is true, then why not Skaro? You know, why not Skaro? And and he does say in this film, it's so. We will pilot it back to Scarrow and occupy the planet i wasn't I was making light of it, but at the same time, which planet are they going to occupy? Is it Earth they're going to occupy when they get to Scaro or is it Scarrow they're going to occupy when they get to Scarrow? are they, they mean, just trying they to just get back to to Skaro? get back to
1: Scarrow because there could be something in I mean I don't, or maybe it's from a cut line or something it could be something in the film where the Daleks have ended up stranded on earth these are the these are the daleks of scarrow who have for some reason ended up stranded on earth they just want to get home and for some reason their sources won't take them there so they need to drive a planet i no hang on i'm definitely overthinking this (laughs) but but that's clearly not the thing that's it on tv they establish the fact that these are earlier daleks and although they don't have them in the film they have these little dishes on them oh, because on TV they bother to explain why it is that they can operate away from their metal floor and their static electricity. I mean, the film, sensibly, doesn't even bother to explain that. But because, because, because of all of this, the Doctor says, oh, that's because they're an invasionary force. He doesn't. It's a bit of a retcon and he doesn't go so far as to explain why the Daleks on Scarrow don't remember how they actually equipped their invasionary forces to travel anywhere in the universe, and therefore if they'd remembered how to do that they could probably adapt the same tech to get out of the city. But you know, whatever. The fact remains if these are an, if these are an invasionary force here on Earth, there are presumably a few Daleks left at home on Skaro who are in charge of, you know, Keeping the plant, you know, watering the plants or whatever while the other Daleks are out invading the universe. And their goal is invading the universe, not getting home to Scarrow.
0: I mean, maybe Scarrow's been taken over by the Thals after the last movie. And this is their way <laughs> to get back and then occupy the planet by taking it back you, oh, from the Thals.
1: You mean because the, the timeline in the movie could be that actually the first movie is set before the 22nd century? Yes. Because on TV, obviously, Daleks... I mean, the doctors, the we, we saw
0: set. them all dead, but maybe there was another city of Daleks. We don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought, and you've obviously watched it more recently than I did, I thought that when the doctor or Ian or whoever it was was speculating that the inv- Earth invasion Daleks were an earlier model, I thought that was purely speculation. That that there was at least...
1: Oh, I don't, I, know, yes, I, I don't, I... That it could be is, completely wrong. Yeah. It could a, be completely but, wrong. It could be completely wrong. But uh, but on the other hand, I think it is supposed to be the doctor making observations, being a bright chap, and Occam's razor, and we destroy them all. Therefore, black.
0: these must be earlier.
1: Well, yeah, not just that, but, but 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 some of the differences, and and he observes they are an invasionary force, and it's not just because they've got a little dish on the back; it's because they've invaded Earth. So there is, and and also I think we know the the doctor knows what the what what year it was because the tARDIS would have told him in the dalek so he know he knows where he is relative to that so he knows he's
0: well no wait in the in the first film he did specifically state i have no clue where they are in time and space he didn't know in time or in space he didn't know where he was okay okay i mean obviously we're, we're giving them way too much credit for this but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he can. I. Uh, I don't know. I. 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 I just bottom, think this is the bottom same Bottom line
1: as... is the, the fact of the matter is, I think that Terry Nation just got he. He was. It was the. It was five to deadline, yep. and he. He. He just left the, uh, the. The Daleks are mining for something that they can only find on Earth. Some super special thing. I'll. I'll fill that in later, and it's. And then oh, I've got to hand. i got to hand it in. Got Turn to it in. It in. Yeah. Uh okay, they just want to turn it into a mobile planet for them to cruise that, around in.
0: That sounds legendarily like Terry Nation. But but also uh you know, i also it sounds like nation that he would think it can't just be some Dalekanium. You know? It's gotta be yeah, a, because I would, it's I gotta would be something really Dalican. wild that'll that'll, you know, show how ambitious the Daleks are. Uh so I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was it was supposed to be bold and daring, but you know, but there's,
1: I, but there's there's this huge build-up to what that? Let no one ever criticise Stephen Moffat for this when there are t- Terry Nation stories to be pointed at because this is just so particularly egregious. Where it's, yeah. it's 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 the essence of the story. It's the whole purpose of the Daleks being there. It's alluded to through all of these kind of five episode build-up, and then suddenly it's just. Oh but uh, right, they're doing that, and there is actually no reason at all going to be explained why it had to be Earth <sighs> right,
0: well yeah, it just happened to be the planet uh, you know what it seems to me like in later episodes of Doctor Who later episodes of Doctor Who not not these early ones isn't there some isn't there some commentary from the doctor that part of the reason that Daleks use humans for this kind of work is it is to humiliate them there wasn't there there's something about that perhaps it, could it was be later remember it. But uh, I, I tell you, can't I tell you what, I tell from.
1: you what surprised me, be- mm-hmm. be- because um, the, there are fewer instances of the Robo Men in later episodes than I realized. There are, in fact, none. Um, I'm thinking of big Finnish stories, and I'm probably thinking of the film because actually, the Robo Men, given that what it says in this story, so kind of subsequent stories retconning this notwithstanding what it says in this story is that it, in the tv series, at least is that the human race is is insignificant so the daleks wouldn't go out of their way to humiliate them it's literally just a convenience and there is something pro- there's a there's a proper kind of body horror element to the fact that th- these are essentially kind of lobotomized humans who are totally totally expendable because they will just very quickly Get to the point of madness and die, and the Daleks don 't care because all they need are some handy slaves, and it 's cheap and easy to convert them and it it's better than I remembered i I did think the Robo men were bad now that might be because in my head were the Robo men who are in shiny suits mm-hmm. with their shiny helmets on doing their kind of precision marching and what have you in it because there's something to music there's something you know, indeed to music that 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 it there's there's something pathetic about the ragged robo men in the t v serial because they it, it literally does feel like i mean it's, it's obviously is very high tech in concept the idea that you can somehow control human beings with with uh, some kind of radio linked headset, but at the same time it it, the the kind of level of fidelity of it is 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 quite low these are the these are people with very little function but then again the doctor doesn't need or whereas the robomen in, in sorry the daleks don't need not the doctor the robomen in the in the film are extremely precise in their movements and they they are you know they they can use project our weapons they can turn and, and and fire with with some accuracy so they're much higher functioning and so you think well there's there's a you know there's a, a lot more technology there's a lot more clever technology going on in here but also if they can do that you know what but basically it, it it opens up the possibilities for the daleks to do all sorts of things and doesn't explain why their stupid plans are so stupid because they now have a, <laughs> you know, they basically have a resource. that is something akin to the whole um, duplicate notion that comes later, which I hate even more. Where, sorry, duplicate. Well, What's it? replicant, uh, replicant. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. what they call it, but it, but it it's like well, if you can if you can do that, you 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 know, you can basically do it. You can you could take the world over by stealth. You know, you could you could.
0: There's also. It's like, like, I, I the the problem with the Robomen, the problem with the replicants, and the problem with whatever the heck they were in the Moffat era where they started growing eye stalks out of their heads. Yes, uh, yes. That that batch too. All of that says <clears throat> Dalek looked at a problem, used its massive intelligence, and decided that having a creature who could walk around on two legs and do things with its hands was a good idea. Yes. And that utterly crushes the notion that the Daleks are the supreme beings in the universe, the masters of everything. Everything else is inferior. They clearly know they aren't. Yes. And, well,
1: yes, and it because when 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 Daleks are used effectively, it's because although they are incredibly clever and I th- I think it's important that they are seen to be incredibly clever, they also have a very limited notion of what makes you supreme and Mm. so uh, it's not being it it doesn't involve being extremely creative it doesn't mean picking an uh, uh, an absurdly complicated solution to a problem that could be solved with brute force because the thing that makes them frightening is when they can solve a problem with brute force they will absolutely without any remorse whatsoever And these overcomplicated and absurd plans are are, are just, they're they're kind of risible when they fall apart because you just think, well, that was just so predictable and so stupid.
0: Hmm. Uh, So that's why Uh, I
1: like the low-tech Robo-Men and the Robo-Men in the film are are a kind of, although they're in some sense an upgrade on that, they're a big downgrade in story terms.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I... uh... I make mention you you probably haven't hadn't heard this, but I, I did have to make mention because I I love the fact that I saw Luton on the map uh, <laughs> in there, which is a reference to a Space nineteen ninety nine episode. Uh, okay. the rules of Luton, um, which apparently from the feedback I got from British people, um, several people British. Uh, Fred Freiberger, who wrote that particular story, saw the name Luton and thought that sounded like a suitably alien planet (laughs) and and, and changed the pronunciation to Luton. Uh, But it is literally L-U-T-O-N. So I saw that on the map and I thought, oh, that's where it is. Uh, So I didn't make a mention of that. Um, Also, I I still still
1: find it funny there in a sci-fi film going to Watford. It just it doesn't. It doesn't I have also, that kind of Even though it's set on Earth It doesn't have that kind of
0: ring Of going to Scar or whatever I checked out Bedfordshire uh, Not knowing much about Bedfordshire uh, And I found that apparently It's basically only claimed to fame that it is alphabetically the first county On a list of English counties Yay okay. Bedfordshire Maybe that's why the Daleks picked it Sort of an OCD thing Where do we go Start at top of list Bedfordshire Okay Let's dig our tooth thousand kilometer hole <clears throat> there
1: <laughs> next 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 to an existing hole because yes in the film at least there is already a mine next door
0: yes <laughs> that leads down far enough to deflect and and unleash yes. the earth's magnetic core <laughs> I I did have I, I admit I looked it up those numbers were precise um, the doctor who says they're digging they've dug down to the metallic core. Well, there are two cores, both of which are metallic. So, presumably, there's the they're talking about the outer core because if you dug down to that basically sort of viscous fluid nickel iron thing that would be so hot that you couldn't possibly get there, that's another story. Humans are not going to be digging down that deep, but okay. And then there's another 2000 kilometers to get down to the solid core, which is what it sounds like. He was talking about cracking the planet like a diamond and shooting it out the back. So I'm uh, yeah, that, that may, may be kill the moon for <laughs> the science stick beating stupid science stick beating over the head. But boy they're I think close might. I think you could put those We need a scale of stupid science And to put on that one um, But listeners Do comment in which is dumber The moon is an egg With spidery One celled organisms On it that are as big as men Or or the earth can be Have it's The moon, in, the moon is an core. egg is, no, is, is, is in no way dumb I
1: don't have a problem with the moon is an egg <laughs> The, okay. big, the big issue with kill the moon was the mass was increasing.
0: There's that. <laughs> I'm thinking the egg, the moon is an egg, is is a problematic one. But but I, but, I and I then I think the, this the may fact that the, spiders, that the spiders, the spiders were single celled organisms. Yeah, that was another yeah, one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah uh, I, I, uh, Yes. Yes, but I'm still not sure. It's I'm still not sure. It's worse than this.
0: What would have happened? Oh, that's terrible. What would have happened if they'd piloted this planet? Away? Would the the egg have died? (laughs) Would they have left the moon behind? Would the moon have done? Could they have piloted the moon? Why did they need something as big as the Earth? The moon's about the third the size of the Earth. I mean, how many Daleks do they... I mean, I... I, mm, mm, Nope, gonna stop. Gonna stop. Gonna walk away from that one. Um,
1: The whole thing with that subplot in the film of having the the other mind so that you could set off this thing to magnetize the
0: <laughs> only back.
1: again they they because in the first film you have this thing with the mirrors yeah and i forget what it's something to do with the light wave confusing the dialect. <laughs> sensors yeah uh, so that, and so, yes, I I don't quite know what it is with these films, but they they stick fairly faithfully to the plot, the overall plot all the way through, and then they then they sort of come with this strange alternative denouement, which is even more stupid than the original one.
0: Well, how did they stop the Daleks in the uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth?
1: They they um, they di de- I'm not entirely sure I understand exactly what they do, but it involves deactivating the Daleks in the control room, um, which I think may have to do with the power being transmitted to the dishes on them. Though that wasn't obvious to me, um, and that may be why they couldn't do it in the film. I thought and they then, had to do something one, with the bomb. Oh, they—they they, Ian just um, sticks some. There's, there's some. <laughs> he 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 falls down the, the shaft and lands by a hatch. And when he goes through it into a what I thought was a rather nice, nicely rendered corridor for halfway down a mine, but there you go. Um, a nicely rendered corridor with some handy pit props just propped up against the wall, which he shoved into the shaft and which blocked the the bomb's progress. So it it didn't go all the way down. It blew up near the surface and in the meantime while the daleks were deactivated they would put the call out to the robo men to overthrow the daleks so the daleks were being the inactive daleks were being tossed about by their own army so uh, which obviously w- was similar to what happened in the film but there wasn't there wasn't this whole thing about uh, some kind of i can't I, <laughs> oh God! I don't have the words magnet. to express it. Ah. The, what, what, what did they call it? A, ma- a kind of a magnetic. I don't remember. I anyway creating creating some kind of magnetic. I will call it a magnetic event um, that that sucked them all down like um.
0: <laughs> a, but not everything else metallic fridge magnets not everything else metallic not the dalek technology not the Dalek control room not people's buttons nothing (laughs) just the daleks that really was bad um i don't know why
1: doctor who didn't just tell everyone to go and find their mirrors because if it worked before
0: yeah, well, these are earlier Daleks. They aren't yet susceptible to uh, not, <laughs> or they're later Daleks. I don't know. Ah, uh, uh, Well, so since our last uh, discussion, I don't have anything else on this one. I don't think. Um no, Oh, I guess we it. should. I guess we should comment on the ending where he drops Tom off. Oh yes, yes. Five yes, minutes yes. earlier, and the I TARDIS think you is have had in the your same spot. On this, I, I, I kind of. Yeah, I mean it's he landed the TARDIS in the same spot. And clearly the TARDIS was there, so and then Tom is there and he must also be across the street where the burglary occurs and because Tom has knocked the guy out who knocked Tom out, wouldn't Tom be pursuing towards the car where Tom is? And then Tom I wouldn't, get in he... the, wouldn't get in the TARDIS, and this wouldn't have happened, so Tom couldn't have done this. Uh, uh. <laughs> I was thinking, what about the web of time? Yes. That was all but... I was thinking, because I
1: literally thought when we saw Tom creeping up on the other side of the car that he was still, the earlier Tom, was going to be there in front of the shop, but. But he wasn't! No. No. Uh... On the other hand, it was a much better ending than the first film, so credit where it's due fair
0: enough fair enough um i'm off see you later never talk to you people again bye-bye off <laughs> off yeah mm. yeah okay so i i did see that we we had talked about this last time and it was intended that the third film was going to be a make of the chase that that was yes. that was real um yes. it didn't happen because ha- these two films imagine. sucked
1: well, it, no, it didn't it didn't not happen because this film sucked ironically, wasn't it?
0: I thought it was because both I mean, it, of them it, just it, didn't perform well well enough.
1: Yeah. Well, I I certainly thought this this one, well the first one must have performed well enough for them to make the second one.
0: Or they were just already committed, I don't know how long apart they were, but obviously they weren't so close together that they'd managed it, to get a yeah, contract apart. where they had the same actors in it. So
1: They were the, it, it, it was what f- uh, 65 and 66 something like that and they didn't do well they uh, certainly the first one did well over here mm-hmm. but they didn't do well in the states
0: Alright. Uh, probably because they weren't pg-13 no we did not have pg-13 back then so anyway um <laughs> so we'll never get to see doctor who which i you know having fun with that i think that might be in the title the daleks chase doctor who that would have been a good title I mean, it would have to have Daleks in it, right? I'm surprised oh, yes, this one didn't have Doctor Who in it. It would have to have the Daleks in it because the chase just wouldn't be a good title. So, um,
1: no, it's it's all about the Dalek mania. That's that's why they don't have to bother writing characters for any of the human parts.
0: Oh, I I, I will say this. I don't know if it was a, a win or a fail. The there were a couple of shots in the interior of the Dalek spaceship where they spent. Way too much time showing Daleks moving around, you know, going up ramps and things. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought, what? I mean, if you're going to have to do the, if you're going to have to do the Daleks, you have to show how the heck they can accomplish everyday tasks in their design. So I, I kind of <laughs> liked it. Tasks. And I kind yeah. of liked it. And at the same time, I also noticed that these Dalek operators were really precise. You know, when you see them on the BBC, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they tend to kind of, you know, go back and forth and not really in a straight line. Like there's a guy on a little bicycle in there, you know, kind of <laughs> wobbling back and forth as he pedals with his knees up practically to his chin because of the size of the thing. These guys were like well-practiced. I mean, they moved in straight lines when they made curves, when they went around some of those uh, very narrow ramps. They, they did it beautifully. I mean, it, was, it I, was. I have to
1: say, I, li- I like the ramps. I, I think the difference in height does add a lot of interest. And of course, what you see in, on the on the TV is, but you know, partly because of the the budget and the the number of Daleks, and it, it, it is kind of absurd once you start noticing it. And it's it's pretty much impossible not to notice it in episode six of, of Invasion of Earth. They go around in circles. Literally, they just they start to get a bit excited they move around when they get excited and they follow one another like they're playing party games. Uh And it just looks nuts. Whereas going up and down a ramp, particularly where you see, you know, you see one ascending in one direction and the the other sort of, Going along the level behind it, so there's this variation in height, uh, variation in direction. They look purposeful. They're going somewhere, even though they're not. Even though it's just a slightly longer circuit that they're doing, which involves going up one side and down the other. It looks good.
0: Yeah. So uh, better than the Dalek city as well in the previous film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, anything would be better than that.
0: (laughs) I know. Anything. all right well simon thank you for joining me at this look at these um classic gems of 1960s <laughs> british movie uh uh nostalgia
1: <laughs> yeah
0: just yeah nostalgia hmm. I li- <laughs> listeners i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this episode of Fusion Patrol, we hope you'll consider supporting us at patreon.com fusionpatrol fusion patrol or buymeacoffee.com slash fusion patrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently doing a special series on Season 2 of Babylon 5. There's over a decade of previous episodes available at fusionpatrol.com. Come join the conversation on our website or Twitter. You can also find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusion patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. And in five, four, three... Hello! Oh, excuse me! (laughs) Great start! (laughs) Whoa! And five... (laughs) That's the fastest
1: uh, 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 podcast ever gone off the rails, I think. I think so.